What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brennan and Damo back on the show, and we are coming at you on Monday. It is the day after Kristaps Porzingis' Wizards debut, where he had 25 points in 21 minutes. I think he had five boards. Did he have a, a, he had a block or two? I think he had two blocks on the game. Shot over 50% from the field, uh, 75% from three-point range. We've said this before, um, and, and you had said this before we've got on. We have been asking for a dynamic big man like this since forever. And the fact that we have one now, like he's taking shots, and I'm like, no, 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 what are you doing? But then they go in, and I'm like, oh, I forgot. It's Porzingis. It's not Gortat and Nene and Robin Lopez. Like, Kristaps Porzingis is one of the most talented big men in the NBA, and he made uh, a hell of an impression last night. Yeah, for sure, man. Like, uh, you know, we we talked about it a lot. Like, I mean, we asked for the, 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 the other stretch five elite big that was in his draft class, you know, Carl Anthony Towns. Um, but obviously that would have took a lot of assets assets to get, and we basically got the other one for, you know, a bag of Lay's potato chips and a sixth man. So, uh, yeah, they just got to keep him upright, man. Like, the dude – just he has so much gravity like you just saw how the Pacers were just scrambling to account for him on the floor you know especially out of that that high post like you know he just <clears throat> turns and he faces the rim and he's like a foot taller than the guy guarding him so it's like it sends you in a scramble because you don't know what he's gonna do and then it's just a pass out hockey assist open three every time and it, you don't even really have to run offense for it you just give him the ball right there let him let him make a read, and it and it creates offense in itself. We talked a little bit about this before we got on here, uh, but I kind of wanted to go over it again, just because I had low key thought this when the trade went down, but potentially when Beal comes back, this has the potential to be the the best big three that we may have ever seen. And Kuzma was sort of a question mark for a little while, but he's gotten to the point now where it's like, no, he's, he, he's pretty legit. Like this isn't going to change. I can usually tell sometimes when something is fluky versus when it's not. And I think that what Kuzma has been doing on the basketball court, um, and, and you know, again, he, and I said it on our Twitter space last night, Sometimes he does some wild stuff, but he brings a dynamic to the game that you can tell is is real and truly impactful, and it's consistent, and it's just sort of always there. And I think that that's the perfect complementary third guy to have next to guys like Beal and Porzingis, but I wanted to just if you wanted to go over again and why you think that this has the potential to, to be the, the best big three in the, in a wizard's uniform. Yeah. I don't, I don't want it to sound like hyperbole or, you know, like we got the, the Homer Homer glasses on. Um, but I'm, I, we just talking basketball here, man, just talent, like just from a pure talent standpoint, obviously they got to put it together on the floor, be healthy, be available. And it's got a mess together. Um, but just just pure talent, 
They haven't had nothing like this. Like, if you're talking about Beal, I mean, we know the flaws he has, but this dude, you know, sent over the last four years has been top three in 30-point games. Um, like, you're talking about a guy that can get you 30 points a night as shooting guard. Then you have a seven foot three matchup nightmare out of the post that can get you 20 and 10, two blocks. And then a six foot 10 power forward, versatile wing that can kind of, he can guard one through four, one through five, really, and can flirt with triple doubles. Um, like that, they've never had talent like that at the top of their roster, uh, you know, at the top three. You know, even the Gill. Karan, Jameson, uh, big three. It was good, but it didn't have this type of size and versatility to me. And it, and it definitely didn't have the two-way ability that I can see with this, you know, this BOKP Kuzma um, big three. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's uh, crazy to say that. But again, they got to put it. They got to put it together on the floor, man. And I, I just want to say with Kuzma, like. It's it's not a fluke no more. Like this is this is who he is. Like he's a guy that can really go out here and get you twenty five points, eight nine rebounds, six seven assists. Like that's not a fluke day for him. Like he can do that. Um, and he he's kind of he's figured it out. He's he's decided to play six ten. And I don't I don't think it's just oh he's just a guy that's putting up big numbers on a bad team. Like no like. He's doing it in the clutch. He's doing it in the first 45, 40 minutes. Like, he, he, this is who he is. I, I don't expect this to change for him over the next couple years while they got him under contract. <clears throat> Some numbers from last night's game, excuse me, to go over before we get specifically into Porzingis. Sadoransky, 10 and 5, um, off the bench in 14 minutes. Ishmith. 13, 9, and 7. Ish Smith almost had a triple-double. Am I looking at this right? Wow. Okay. Ish Smith had 13 points, 9 assists, and 7 rebounds off the bench last night in 28 minutes. Um, Kyle Kuzma, 23, 8, and 6. Um, Neto did get injured. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Denny, 10, and 7 off the bench. KCP, 19, and 5. And... Obviously, Porzingis with the the twenty five points in twenty one minutes. But before we get into all that, um, <clears throat> what do you make of the the whole point guard situation as it currently stands? I know that I don't know if Neto's going to miss too much time. Uh, that's a tough son of a bitch. So I'm sure he'll be back sooner rather than later. Maybe they sit him out because maybe they don't look at it right now as they. They, they don't really need one because we have two guys that can play it plus Kuzma. So maybe they don't rush him back. But if he is going to be out for a little bit, uh, who would you like to see step in in that starting role? I would say Sadoransky. But if they did start Ishmith, I would get it because everything flows much better when Ishmith is in the ballgame. And if it's important for them to to get out to fast starts, because I don't know if you remember, but when Ishmith was our starting point guard uh, a couple years ago, we would always get out to <clears throat> fast starts. And then whenever he would come out of the game is when the other team would sort of 
crawl back into it, but kind of wanted to to get your thoughts on that really quick before we touch on KP. Yeah, so I, I think the Neto injury, you know, hopefully he's, he's speed of recovery, he can get back, but it might have been a blessing in disguise because it kind of takes the, uh, the decision out of Wes's hands. Like, I think Sato is going to be the starter because I know Ish prefers to come off the bench. Um, so, and, and Sato to me is just a guy that he just makes reads, man. Like, he's not like a traditional point guard where, you know, he's going to break you down off the dribble every time down and probe and run pick and roll and go through 100 screens. No, he's like a, a, a Jimmy Garoppolo in the NBA. He's a game manager. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like he's like a, I mean, we kind of mentioned this on the, uh, on the space last night, but like the Wizards just needed like a, like a Lonzo Ball type, a poor man's Lonzo Ball. Guy that's got size enough to switch and guard, um, not going to do too much with the ball, can play off of it, can hit a jump shot here and there, um, and just makes the right reads, the hockey assist. Or when he gets the ball, he pushes it up, transition to get easy buckets. Like, that's all they need. And that's kind of what Sato is without being a liability in any one key uh, thing. So I think he's the starter, and you bring Ish off the bench. And that might be a situation, you know, where that's probably what they go with next year, honestly. I, I wouldn't be shocked yeah. by that, um, you know, because Neto is not under contract. Uh, Ish Smith is. And then I don't think Sato would have came here if he didn't see there was opportunity to be on this team going forward. Yeah. Um, and he had that nice dunk last night. And every, like, I was so happy to see that because I remember when we first got him. Um, I remember seeing the, the videos of his athleticism and then we never really saw it uh, in the games. And then so to finally see it after like five, six years, it's like, oh, finally, if we've been waiting for something like that. But definitely happy that Sato is back. You know, what's funny is everyone was complaining about him the other night, too, um, after that game who did we play last game whoever it was like every oh atlanta everyone was complaining about him like oh sato was a good signing huh i'm like oh my god it's been like two games since he's been back like my god guys um but definitely happy to have him back in the lineup but moving on to the the topic everyone is probably going to want us to talk about here um kp's debut so three three pointers um looked real crispy High post game, had a nice shot sort of in the, the, the mid post, turnaround jumper, looked really good. Um, personally, would have liked to see him bat guys down a little bit more. Um, defensively, he didn't want to come out and, and guard the, the, the three-point line, which some of this stuff, you know, you can reasonably look to and say, you know, well, this is his knee. Uh, and conditioning, and once he gets more of that back and gets into more of a feel and, and gets more comfortable with what's going on on both ends of the floor, perhaps we see a little bit of a personal adjustment in that regard. But it wasn't anything that irritated me. It's just something I'm looking at because he said himself when um, he got here, he said it doesn't make sense for – a guy that's seven three. When you have like a guy that's uh, when you have guards on you, and you just want to shoot jumpers all the time. But um, yeah, last night that seems like that's all he wanted to do is just shoot over the short guys. And to his credit, it goes in. If it goes in on a consistent basis, I don't care. 
Um, but I just wonder if that's how it's really going to be going forward or if he's actually going to play a little bit bigger once he gets healthy. But overall, I thought he had a good debut. I'm not too worried about the rebounding numbers because I think that's kind of like Kuzma sort of took over that Westbrook role in terms of like going to, to be the guy that grabs the rebounds and then pushes the pace. So in the context of that, and if you watch the game and you see that that's happening, I'm fine with that. Um, obviously, if we didn't have Kuzma or a guy like that, we would need him to be a little bit uh, more noticeable on the glass. But again, it's his first game back, and it was uh, a, a lot to to be encouraged by. And I'll just turn it over to you now if you have any more thoughts. I know we talked about it last night on the Twitter space, but to recap for those who may not have listened to it. Yeah, man, it, it's, it's just uh, I, I, I kind of – like as far as like the the his post play, like kind of just kind of being more jump shot dependent, um, I'm fine with that now because uh, it was his first game back. But I I also don't want him to kind of try to be like Joel and be right because like, he's not that. Like I don't, I don't want the fan base to think like you're getting a guy that's gonna just be putting his butt on guys at, on the block and just you know drop step dunking on people. That's not his game, right? Like, and we're trying to keep him healthy. I think Wes can do some things to to get him closer to the rim, like create opportunities where, you know, maybe he comes off a screen and he's catching it already in a position to score out the block, but not him like fighting for position every time down the floor, you know, or he's catching it high post and he's trying to back a guy down, you know, 10 feet under the rim, like, I don't want to see that with him because I don't think that's the best for his long-term health. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think as as we as he gets more his legs more under him, he gets some more uh, game time minutes. Man, I think you're gonna see more versatility in his offense. But I don't want to take away from what he does best. And what to me, what he does best is as a high post face up big like. He just kills guys because, like I say, he catches it, catches it up there by that free throw line box area, and he turns and faces, and he's already got a foot of height on the guy guarding. And it, and it just sends the defense in a panic, and you saw the type of gravity he creates when that happens, and it, it, it lends to, to easy offense for open threes. So I want to see more of that. Lean on that, and then some of the other stuff as far as the post touches, you know, that, that can be kind of icing on the top. I'm going to go and um, rewatch the game and I'm going to take a picture of the screen when I see what the pace, uh, this one, th- this thing the Pacers were doing on defense. As soon as KP got the ball in the, in the mid post area and took a dribble, their entire defense like shifted over and it changed. And it was like, you know, we're, we're going to cut off KP no matter what. And literally anyone else can beat us and that's fine. And I thought that it was just funny. It's like, it, dude, it's, it's this guy's first game back. Like, uh, he, he hasn't even really practiced a whole lot and he's already commanding like an entire defensive game plan dedicated to stopping him and he only played 21 minutes and with that in mind still got 25 points and so that that's not going to be the norm every night obviously um, but it's just a little bit of a glimpse to to think about when you think about uh, the uh, Beal coming back and then you add some shooters in the offseason and it's like, 
Yeah, yeah. Keep doing that same defensive game plan, and we'll see how that works out for you. And then when there's two minutes left in the fourth quarter, we have 130 points. Um, yep. what, one person that this has positively impacted uh, is Daniel Gafford. And this is what I've been saying for a while, that Gaff is best off the bench where he can be an energy guy, sort of like he was last season. And I get why they had to start him this year. Um, I think if they had a any more of a competent starting center, I think we would have seen Gafford on the bench. But Thomas Bryant was injured to start the year, and Trez is too small to be a starting center. So Gafford was the only option they had. But you could tell last night him coming off the bench behind a, a legit center, and he looked energized, and he outmatched. Like, he was – I don't know how many times I've ever seen Daniel Gafford post up. It wasn't a lot. But he looked comfortable against backup bigs just getting the ball down there and just going to work. And, and that's what I want to see from him. And, and the blocking shots, and he had a decent amount of rebounds, I think. I think it was like six. Um, but – I love now that we move him back to the bench and he can be one of our lead guys off the bench and be a reliever for a guy like Porzingis. And, and now we know that, you know, if he does get injured, Porzingis, that we have someone now who has had the reps as a starter. And even though it may not be the best because the guy's conditioning still isn't the best and he can't stay out of foul trouble, but yeah, we have someone that we can turn to if Porzingis does get injured. But what did you think about Daniel Gafford's performance last night? I thought it was really, really solid. Yeah, like it's the, it's the perfect role for him. He kind of can kind of play that Trez role, but, you know, with the energy and, and the effort and just his, his length, just overwhelming backup bigs. Uh, you know, he's got nice touch around the rim. And, you know, with Ish Smith as kind of like that pick and roll maestro, you know, it's going to be some opportunities there because it's, oh, yeah. like, it's like it's like it's no drop off. You got to stop Porzingis and then he comes out and then you got to deal with this six foot ten dude that can, you know, windmill. <laughs> so it's like uh, it, it, it's, it's going to be tough, man. Like that, it, it's exactly what, you know, it was needed for guys to kind of shift in their proper roles like. You know, when you ask a guy to, to kind of be in a role that he's not really ready for, you kind of, you know, kind of hard on him. You kind of get down on him on the talent. But it's really just let's get him in a proper role and then and then he can be maximized. And, um, you know, like you said, like you saw how effective he was last year coming off the bench and how that kind of changed their defense and the team. And now he's getting put back into that role. And I think he's going to thrive for it. God bless uh, Denny Avdia. Um, he tried getting up a little bit last night. What did you think yeah. about Denny's play? Like, everyone was kind of irritated with him the whole game, and it was like, oh, please bench him. But um, I thought, especially down the stretch of the game, Wes really trusts him uh, down the stretch of games. And I think it's more so, obviously, for his defensive ability. But what you were saying last night, about him just at least trying to dunk at the rim and and do I mean KP was trying that too and KP got blocked uh, a couple or a few times but it's it's 
you never want to stop applying that pressure because what's the if you get blocked like when KP made that block last night on Brissett, like it was clearly a foul, but there's plenty of times where guys get all ball and it goes the other way. And I'd rather have that opportunity and take that chance than you just weak go up for a layup and that shit gets pinned off the backboard every time. Yeah. Or or you you going up indecisive and you miss. You know? Yeah. Like go up with a purpose. Like if you're going up to dunk it every time, I promise you you'll have better results than going up hesitating or second guessing what you're gonna do. So like that that's my thing with Denny. Like it's the approach. It's not so much the result with him. Like it's the approach. Like I don't care if he goes you know, two for 12, like, but if them two for 12 come with him getting into the lane, putting pressure on the rim, um, you know, taking open shots confidently, not hesitating, like, that's what I want to see. Like, I want to see the aggression, the dog, man, like, try to put somebody through the goddamn rim, man, you 6'9", you 6'9", there's no reason you should be missing layups, you know, because you're trying to put up you you trying to go up and under or you trying to avoid contact. Dude, you 6'9", 220 pounds. Like, dunk on somebody. And I, I think when Sato did it, that kind of like, that kind of put the antennas up like, oh, okay, I'm going to try that next time I get it. And he tried it. It didn't work. But after that, he kind of settled in. And then all of a sudden, he was finishing around the rim. You know, so... That, that's just what I want to see from him, man, the, the approach. Like, play big, man. Play your height. Play your height. Play 6'9". Did you know that we could shoot the ball now? Yeah, I, I was just looking at the, the numbers, man. Like, since the trade deadline, we, we top four in true shooting percentage. Number one in three-point percentage. Top ten offensive rating. Like, uh, something's changed. <laughs> I give a lot of credit to Ish Smith. I really do. Um, between him and then, like you said, guys, like I know Sadaranti's only been here for a couple games, but he's only going to help. Uh, but you, you have guys that are, are that get into the paint and then now are are willing passers as to where Dinwiddie would get into the paint. And, it, and, and this isn't a – I'm not going to make this an anti-Dinwiddie thing. We wanted Dinwiddie to be a scorer. It just didn't work out that way. Um, but Dinwiddie would get into the paint and then throw up a, a floater or do some kind of – weird runner or whatever but now we have guys that draw attention when they get into the paint because they're so quick um or just have really high iq and and they're kicking it out and the inside out game is really helping their three-point percentage go up i mean again since february 10th we were number one in the nba like you said we're shooting 42 42 percent from three that's crazy and we don't even have the the best band of shooters like the uh, who are the like percentage wise? I think the only really solid shooters we have, like from a a full season sample size, is like KCP. And then if you want to count Rui, you can count Rui. But everyone else, I think, is like below average or, or so on this season. But I was looking last night. Let me see if I can pull it up here. And I don't think there's only like a couple guys in our rotation right now that are shooting below league average. And I think Ish Smith is the lowest, but I think even he's shooting 34% from three. Let me see real quick. Uh, 
All right, three point percentage. Yeah, I mean, Rui's still su- shooting 68%. Um, Anthony Gill, 57 KCP shooting 52% since the deadline. Sadoransky's at 50 Neto's at 43 basically. Kuzma, 37 Ish at 35 now. So, really, the only guys that have played significant minutes for us since the deadline that are below league average. Denny Obvious shooting at 34, but... That's pretty close to league average. Uh, 35 is about league average. And then Kispert, who we figured he would be shooting a lot better. Um, unfortunately, it's not really hitting for him right now, but uh, he's at 33.8%. And then Thomas Bryant's at 20. But everyone else, like Ish, Kuzma, Neto, Sadoransky, KCP, Gill, Rui, Porzingis, those are all guys so far that are shooting league average or above from the three-point line. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think this is... It's a testament to the ball movement and then just, you know, that 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 hockey assist. Like they're they're getting, you know, they're making that extra pass to take the the wide open shot. Now I know Wes mentioned this. He said, you know, he feels like they're getting the same looks. They just making them now. But, you know, just from my eye, yeah, just from my eye, they're getting a lot cleaner looks. And then they've removed they've removed the 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 Bertons force threes. They've removed the bill end of shot clock. Okay, we don't have an offense. Heave threes, and then they've removed the Dinwiddie sidestep threes. So you take those out, and you're getting a much cleaner offense. And so now it's guys taking the shots, getting the ball in their shot pocket. They're taking it in rhythm, and it's wide open. And then the percentages go up. All of a sudden, now Neto can make a three ball. You know, uh, Denny is at league average, which if for him, if Denny going to shoot 34, 35 percent from three, that's that's a plus for him. Um, you know, Rui is still hot. You know, he's shooting damn near 70 <laughs> percent from the three point line, which is ridiculous. Um, and Kuzma is at his, you know, what's been pretty much the usual for him around his 38 percent, 37, 38 percent. Um, the only real one that ain't really hitting right now is Kispert. Um, but I, I think he needs like an off season to kind of adjust his form a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but I'm not worried about him shooting the ball. No, me neither. Uh, I, I think that what's helped the most has, has been the pace. And that's why I keep going back to Ish Smith so much. It's hard when you run like a, a grandpa style slow game offense and it's hard to get guys in the rhythm because the, the volume of shots isn't there because not only were we playing at a slow pace, but, our three-point attempts were, I think, near bottom of the league, if not bottom of the league in terms of uh, three-point attempts per game. So even though they were open, but when you play with no pace, uh, no rhythm, and you're not getting enough shots, it's hard to, to, to shoot at a good rate because you know, you're not getting the reps that you need. So now that we have guys that, that want to push the pace and run up and down uh, – and certainly you don't want this to turn into a Scott Brooks type offense, but I don't think it has them. Like they're not just shooting it like out of nowhere, just for fun. Like I think that there's a, a purpose with what they're trying to do. And I think when, when Wes talked about at the be- at the beginning of the season, he's like, you know, we're looking more so for quality than quantity. And I think that now we're starting to see that sort of meet in, in the middle as to where obviously last year was more about um, quantity, and this year at the beginning of the year was probably more about quality. But 
now we're starting to see that balance. And I think that's kind of how our season has been trending at the beginning of the year. You know, we were a heavy defensive team, which was nice for us because we haven't really seen a defensive team uh, since Randy Whitman. And, but then all that kind of fell apart. And then we were the, now we're, it's like we're this high scoring ball club again. Um, but it seems like we can't really stop anyone now, which is really frustrating. But um, what, what have you made of our defense, I guess, lately? And do you think that it's, they just need another year under West? Do you think that they need to try and get some guys that, that fit? on the defensive end with what we do. I mean, what do you think about the defense and how do we fix it? Yeah. So I, I still think they give up too much dribble penetration. Yes. Um, like it, it feels like Brogdon was just kind of bullying guys. Like, um, you know, whether it was Kispert on the switch or if it was Ish Smith um, like he just he just get out of the way, put the shoulder down. I'm gonna get a layup. Um, and and the, the Pacers, their bigs were kind of stretching. So you had Jalen Smith uh, and the and the kid Brissett. They were kind of pulling out for the spacing. So kiss. So so KP and Gafford were kind of playing away from the rim. So that that allowed driving lanes. So you know, I think I just think the guards got to get be better. Like. You know, when you switch off, like, you got to be able to stop your man. You got to be able to stay in front of him. So from KCP to Sato to Neto-ish, whoever's going to be there in the backcourt, you know, Beal, of course, they're going to have to be able to stop dribble penetration, you know, one-on-one. Yeah. Uh, Moving on to our next stretch of games. So we have five games in a row where we play Western conference teams. Our next four are on the road, but then we're back home against Denver. Um, I just had this pulled up and then I closed out of it for some weird reason. Let me go back to it. Um, schedule. Okay. So on the ninth, two days from now, we play the Clippers. Then on the 11th is the first of a back-to-back. We play the Lakers, which is on um, NBA TV, actually, which I don't know why. And then the 12th, we're at Portland. And the 14th, we are at Golden State. And then the 16th, we're back home against Denver. Uh, This is going to be a very important five-game stretch as we're looking at the Eastern Conference here. I mean, the only thing that's relative to us right now is 8 through 11. And 8 through 10, we have Charlotte, Brooklyn, and Atlanta. They're all tied right now in terms of they're all 11 games back. And then we're sitting at 13. So we're only two games back um, out of 8th right now. And between the, the four of us, and we're 11th, obviously, uh, these next five games could really determine if we're going to be serious about trying to get one of these playing spots or um, if we're going to be stuck in that purgatory range again come lottery time. But uh, do you have any sort of outlook for these next five games or at least this West Coast road trip? Uh, it depends on if, if KP is going to be available. Um, Because I think that just that changes a lot of the 
dynamic with this team offensively. Um, you know, if he's going to be available, it wouldn't shock me if they came out on the plus side of this road trip. Um, it's not like they're facing, you know, a juggernaut team. You know, the Warriors, I think, are the best team they'll play, but they've lost eight of their last ten. So, um, and, and they struggle with teams with size. So, uh, yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. It just it just depends on you know what Wizards team shows up, and I, I can't really tell. I wish I could say which one going to show up, but um, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if they went you know three and two over the next five or uh, uh, shoot four and one. It would it would not shock me. I think a realistic ask is three and two. If if you're trying to stay relevant, I think that that would be solid. I think by then you're probably. Um, at minimum, I think a game and a half um, behind eight. So you, you may get a little bit closer. And I think that's all you can ask at this point. You know, it's just, it's one game at a time. And I know that everyone's like, oh, tank, get the draft pick. And I get it again. Um, but after watching KT last night, and I know Beal won't be there, but it's still fun. And I, and I would like to see their uh, what they can do in that type of environment. Again, because we're trying to find guys for next season um anything you got before we close this out anything you wanted to touch on that we didn't talk about oh man i'm just i'm just happy to see the 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 talent on this team elevated it's just funny you know you you watch the guys that you have and you try to like squint and try to project what they should be able to do right and you kind of rate them in your head and you know ask yourself, hey, why aren't we better? Why aren't we better? And then you see a guy like KP show up and you're just like, oh, okay, that's like that's like what an elite talent <laughs> looks like. So, yeah, yeah I'm, just, I'm just like, you know, you try to make all these excuses and like, oh, we just did like, no, no, this is what an elite talent looks like. And they just show up and they just, you know, they just look like elite talents because that's what they are. So, uh, I'm, I'm happy to see that, uh, you know, the talent is elevated. I don't have to try to convince myself that I, Isak Banga is a starting small forward in the NBA. <clears throat> Absolutely. And I think that that's a, a great place to leave it off for today. So thanks again for all of you that tuned in and uh, listened to the podcast. If you're not already subscribed, make sure that you are. Greatest five stars. Leave us a review if you would kindly. And if you didn't listen to our Twitter space last night, we touched on a lot of the same things, but um, definitely got a lot of opinions from uh, different fans and stuff. And we talked about some some trades for different guys. I know we brought up Brogdon. Uh, TJ Warren was brought up by someone. I think DeJounte Murray. So we had some good talk last night as well. So if you want to go back and listen to that as well, if you go on my Twitter um my twitter feed and go down you'll find the link to it it was recorded so you can listen to it but that's going to do it for us today and we'll see you next time